0: Welcome to the episode's podcast, where we interview educators from around the world and discuss innovation in education, education technology, and share stories from the world of teaching and learning in a digital age. This is being recorded amidst the COVID 19 pandemic, and of course, this has had an unprecedented effect on schools, teachers, and students around the world. In previous shows, we've spoken with teachers and educators who've been trying to make things work under the current circumstances. And as more lockdowns have been put into place across the world, more and more teachers are having to make adaptions to how they teach from a distance. This remote teaching and learning creates many challenges. So in the next few editions of episodes, I'll be speaking with some educators who are seasoned professionals at remote working. The topics we'll be covering all centre around how to be an effective educator while having to teach remotely, and there are some gems discussed and brought up in these discussions. So in today's show, I'm speaking with Irini Lemnitidis. Irini is an English and drama teacher located in Sydney, Australia. She's been with Education Perfect for three years and thrives on the ability to bring out the creativity in users by showing them the power of using a virtual system alongside in-class rich learning activities. Irini dabbles in slam poetry outside of work, going by the stage alias of small packages, and she loves a good picture book. So without further ado, I give you... Irini Lemnitidis. Irini, how's it going?
1: Good. How are you?
0: I'm not too bad. So uh, obviously these are strange times, unusual circumstances. In New Zealand, we're in level four lockdown, so everybody is encouraged to stay at home. What is it like in New South Wales where you are?
1: It is fairly similar. We've had a lot of different recommendations made by federal and state government, but the short of it is that if you can stay home, do stay home. Um, And yeah, we're, we're doing that as best we can here in my house.
0: Oh yeah. So I'm thinking for this episode, I want to try to help the slews of teachers out there in the world who are now suddenly finding themselves having to do their job from home. And I think you're a great person to provide some advice and guidance. So would you mind introducing yourself just a small bit and then we can talk about the, practical tips and tricks of how to be efficient as a teacher working from home. Yeah, of
1: course. So my name is Irene. I have been the VP for close to three years now. Um, Previous to that, I was an English and drama teacher uh, for secondary school here in Sydney. I am lucky enough to be in two roles. I look after a lot of schools as a teacher consultant and I'm also the head of English for Australia. I found myself very quickly moving from five classes, five days a week, uh, hundreds of kids, staff, a a common staff room to being in my own office at home. So working remotely was a bit of a shock to the system. But um, I have a lot of family and friends at the moment who are uh, turning to me and asking how they could possibly cope with their own working from home situations. Right. Um, wondering how I've been doing it for all these years. So, yeah, I'd be very humbled to offer a little bit of, of um, advice to how teachers out there who are suddenly in the same position can start to cope.
0: Awesome. I have to point out the fact that I think the sound of those birds in the background is beautiful, and I'm gonna I'm going to assume that that is um, an additional well-being uh, tool that you've <laughs> you've been using in your in your life. I've met those birds, and I can definitely say that they are wonderful. Anyway, just for listeners who are. Listening, just enjoy that beautiful chirping. They're cockatiels, right?
1: Yes, that's right. We've got two lorikeets, two cockatiels, and there are some canaries in another cage out there. So I think they're all just having an afternoon chinwag.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like they're having a little, they're making the best of the lockdown themselves.
1: <laughs> yep, definitely.
0: Okay so for teachers who are at home a lot of teachers we know have been thrust into this scenario reasonably suddenly and uh luckily for some there'll be a holiday buffer that a term end buffer but for many they you know in different regions they are now trying to figure out how to get their students online and engage them so what are the first things that come to your mind in terms of working remotely as an educator and trying to make sure that students are you know they're being looked after by their teacher, and they're still they're still being educated.
1: Yeah, I I guess it's for me that's twofold, um, and I think we have to we have to consider the two parties in this equation equally, and we need to consider well being above work. Um, I think that's probably the most sensible way to approach it. So obviously the the party in question here are students. And a lot of the feedback that I've been hearing from family members, uh, friends, uh, colleagues is that students are quite overwhelmed with the amount of work that they're getting online. Mainly because I think that teachers are assuming that they need to provide students with more to do because they are at home and they have nothing else to do. So when we think about students, um, I think one of the ways that we just need to be mindful of approaching virtual teaching is that because they are at home and for a lot of them they'll be at home with siblings or they'll be at home with family members, that it's not necessary we take up every second of their day with a task, that it's probably better that they have a more reasonable and sustainable amount of tasks over a week that they are able to intermix with socializing in the house or doing other types of things that aren't sitting in front of a screen the whole time. And the second part is, is obviously our teachers. And I think the important part there is, you know, similar to the point about students that teachers shouldn't feel like they have to spend every single minute in front of that screen monitoring every single second of what the students are up to and that they don't need to prolifically create um, or reinvent the wheel, so to speak, with resources that, there are a lot of resources out there that they can utilize and that they don't need to sort of map everything out very specifically. They can give kids an opportunity to research or to think or to speak and communicate in the ways that they are able to at home rather than necessarily teachers feeling like they have to create very detailed resources that have hundreds and hundreds of questions and activities to keep them busy. Um, I think we just need to be, you know, aware of this situation, like our classrooms, that in your classroom, you don't spend every single moment doing the learning. You, you spend moments talking to students and, you know, cracking a joke and um, letting students have a chat to each other. It, it, we need to mirror that in the virtual space as well.
0: That's very, very wise. And um, I guess we have to consider how teachers might need to coordinate with each other. Um, One of the things I was thinking about recently is in our line of work, because it's the private sector, Mm. it's already the infrastructure for remote communication within a large organization is already there and established. And I know that in schools, email is overused sometimes. I'm thinking about those schools who haven't got a more instant messaging system set up where they aren't used to having to coordinate across departments and subjects as they will need to now. What What are your thoughts on that and how, how teachers may need to, how can they best coordinate with each other so they're not overloading the same students?
1: Yeah, definitely. So I think what a lot of government institutions have expected of teachers in a lot of ways is unrealistic with the timeframe that we've been afforded. And that is that schools are entities which can be completely made virtual in the same way that companies like ours are already virtual. And that doesn't occur as easily as a lot of people assume for that reason that you mentioned that you need to have systems in place that allow you to facilitate the kinds of conversations that you would have in person virtually. So you can't just over your shoulder, have a chat with your colleague in the staff room anymore, you need to be able to have that conversation, you know, um, in in an instant messaging system or over a web conference or over the phone. Um, and I know from, you know, from memory, I didn't have everybody's mobile number in my faculty. I didn't need to. Yeah. Um, but th- these are <laughs> yeah, the sorts of things that, you know, need to, to be taken into account. And I, I think if, if we're if as a, as a sort of first point of reference, teachers are most concerned with giving students a platform to access work, they need to equally be as, um, as kind of motivated to facilitate that work as a collective, not as an individual. So that would mean that everyone's exchanging mobile numbers. Maybe you guys do a FaceTime once a week with each other or a FaceTime once a day um yeah, maybe you've got your you know a chat site maybe you're using facebook messenger you're using zoom but yeah you've got to convert those conversations that would have happened in person to be virtual in order to keep everything under control and, and rolling
0: yeah well said um so in terms of some specifics around because you are of course an amazing english teacher in your own right and i'd love Our listeners, I mean, obviously, English is your subject, but have you got any creative tips and tricks or ideas, examples of activities that are engaging that you can do remotely using EP, of course, or otherwise that you'd like to suggest?
1: Yeah, I think we've got to give students the ability to utilize their spaces at home and make those meaningful in the learning and the sharing that they're going to be doing for. The foreseeable future. So obviously activities that don't necessarily involve resources so students don't need to print anything, they don't need to write anything down, they can utilise what they have lying around the house and their own capabilities as little people um, are advisable. So I think when we you know suggest activities like that we're talking about opportunities for students to review uh, to, to tell, like tell a recount of something interesting that happened to them during that week or their favourite memory from when they were eight years old or 10 years old. Stuff that they can do with simply a microphone and by drawing on their own knowledge and experiences. Um, I know in EP, you've got that microphone component where the students can just record directly into the system. Um, getting them to create little dialogues or plays or situations using anything that they can find around the house. I know Kelly, my colleague in science, is starting to look into students being able to do little experiments with just stuff that they'll be able to find around the house. It's awesome. Um,
0: Yeah, that's cool.
1: It's just whatever we can utilise that we can see in our own homes that students would likely also have access to are great places. I think as educators for us to get creative again about the sorts of ways that students can demonstrate their understanding of something. Um, and we shouldn't discount the power of, you know, the four walls that they live in.
0: Yes. Uh, one one kind of takeaway from what you said there, which I want to reiterate, is trying to inspire and encourage students and all of us really to take inspiration from the present moment and to reflect on what we are doing right now and how we are dealing with this and looking around at our lives, at our homes, and then making something of that, rather than worrying too much about what we need to do in the future, um, academically, I mean. And I think there's a lot of education to be had there for students just to take a beat and think about their situation and then um, recreate it or be creative about it or to use it in some way. So like you said, you know, making a dialogue, recording Mm -hmm. their voice. I think that there's, there's there's good value in that there's a lot of of things that can be learned by by just taking time to reflect yeah, definitely that's awesome. so um the other type of thing I feel our listeners will probably benefit from is some practical advice, and I think everybody will give different advice in this in this space, but just working at home, you know you and I and our colleagues are well used to this. This is our day to day, so uh, everybody has their own little things that they find really helpful for for getting the job done, being productive um, from a home office or a spare room or whatever it is, what kind of things would you recommend if you had top three tips for being productive working from home as a teacher, what would they be?
1: Um, In no particular order from one to three, the first suggestion that I would have is to make a space in your home for work and try and make that space even if it is just a corner Of your lounge or a particular chair that you sit on at your table only for work. Do not cloud that space with other activities that you're going to do. If you don't have the luxury of a home office, it's really important that you identify a space in your house with work. That way you're not confusing the other activities that you'll be doing in your home, especially if you are in a situation like a lockdown where you won't necessarily be able to um, be going out. Um, Yeah. And so having a specific place in the house for your work is important Um, and I guess in conjunction to that without being sneaky and adding a fourth thing, having that space is also having set hours. Try to keep within the hours of your job and make sure that you log off and you give yourself some time to do tasks that you are not engaging with while you're at work. After your work hours, um, so if that's going to do some exercise or yeah. calling calling a friend um, or having some FaceTime with a family member, when you are off work, you're off work. Don't start to have moments where when you're bored, you're doing work um, because it just really clouds. Like I'm at work now, I am not at work now. So that would be my first piece of advice. The second piece of advice is already going around in many different forms on many different social sites, but it is that when you wake up, you get dressed and you do all of your morning routine as you usually would when you were leaving the house. I've actually even given the advice to people that they physically walk out their front door and come back into their house (laughs) so that they have the mentality that they are now entering into their work day.
0: Yeah. The psychological kick.
1: Exactly. Like, Oh, I'm outside. You know, even if you make your morning coffee, you physically walk outside your front door drink your coffee outside and then mentally prepare yourself to come back inside and do what it is you need to do. It is especially helpful if you don't have a working office because if you stay in your pajamas and you stay in the one space of the house and you move your laptop to somewhere else, your house becomes your workspace and it just can be very very daunting to be in the same place doing all the same things. Um, So that would be number two. And the third one would be, making time for honest interactions and that's with all of the different facets of your life with your colleagues with your students with people that you aren't physically able to see we live in a very technologically advanced society where we have forgotten the power of a phone call and I think a phone call can just be so revitalizing even if it's just 30 seconds of hey how are you it doesn't need to be a video call. It doesn't need to be a text message. It's just an opportunity to hear somebody else's voice and we can forget how powerful that is. So yes. I would highly recommend those three things.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much. I couldn't agree more with all three and especially the third. I, even in the past uh, 48 hours, which is the first 48 hours of our official lockdown, I've caught up with so many people across the world that I haven't talked to in so long and it's been very refreshing and revitalizing. Okay, before we wrap up, I have one final question and I'm going to ask mm-hmm. this to everybody that I interview on this topic. What is your recommended lockdown soundtrack?
1: <laughs> like one specific song? Or one like...
0: song, one album, whatever you like.
1: <laughs> um, oh, this is probably going... Oh, this is so hard because there's so many things I'm listening to at the moment. Um, that's really hard to pick just one, to be honest, but I, I, I might have to just do a shout out for a, uh, I'm a big Spotify fan. I have been a big Spotify fan ever since I was introduced to
0: it. Shout out to Spotify.
1: Shout out to Spotify. (laughs) That wasn't intended to be product placement, but you know, (laughs) Hey guys, I I love it. Um, on Spotify, there is a section within the bit that's called, that's showing my highly technical knowledge of how Spotify is set up here. <laughs> in, <all> your, <laughs> in your library, um, the very first area, which is called Made For You, there is a podcast called Your Daily Drive. And what it basically is, is a mix of news podcasts that are generated day to day and the songs in your library. So it's basically like listening to your own, yeah, it's like listening to your own personal radio with all of the songs that you like plus news day to day. And I love it. It, It's, it's uh, just a, Um, it kind of makes me feel like I'm in touch with the world, but I get to listen to all the stuff I like. So yeah.
0: Mind officially blown. So can you repeat slowly? How do we all find that again? (laughs)
1: First you have Spotify. (laughs) Yes. Number one, get out of Spotify. Number two, in your library, there is a section called made for you. And in the search yes. bar, you just need to search for the words, your, Y-O-U-R, daily, D-A-I-L-Y, drive, D-R-I-V-E. Nice. And what it will do is it will just, each day, it will generate a new playlist of songs from your library and it will intermix that with our uh, news.
0: Okay. Well, on that note, on that wonderful note, I will let you get back to things. Thank you so much for sharing that advice. And anybody wants to get in touch with Irini of course they can through education perfect or do you have a twitter account that you'd like to put out there
1: i am not a huge twitter user i must say but um i would love to see more emails in my inbox that are not necessarily work related so feel free to send me an email um irini erini at educationperfect.com.
0: awesome okay Irini, thanks so much. Take care. Be safe. You too. And uh, yeah, thanks very much. All
1: the best. Stay well.
0: Bye. Thank you for listening. Please do subscribe to the podcast on your podcast service of choice. And we would really appreciate it if you could share this podcast with your friends and colleagues who may find it interesting. Thanks to Paula Prouse for producing and Yasmin Nowak for editing. Thank you for listening. Until next time, stay happy and keep learning.